my friend, Preacher John here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I just lifted my banner and it is uh, a busy day already. It's crazy actually. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to say hello real quick before I do the sermons and stuff that I'm going to do. And then I'll relift my banner in just a moment once I finish the sermons. But I wanted to say good morning or hello from Colorado Springs. All right. And uh, thanks for praying for this street ministry. It's been an amazing morning, but a rough morning at the same time. So uh, God bless you. And we'll see you in a few moments after uh, uh, we do a couple other things, all right? intro trying to show the sign called South Gate that's very symbolic to me because the Lord says I want you in the South Gate at the South Gate something like that at the South Gate or in the South Gate something like that and uh, when I first got here this is my third time I think in Colorado Springs I think it's my third time uh, and I the Lord showed me this is where he wants me in Colorado Springs uh, and I got to this, and by my spirit, I saw myself standing here. And then once I got here, my first time, the Lord said, look up. So I looked up, and when I looked up, right above me was the sign saying, South Gate. And immediately I heard the words, see, I said I wanted you in the South Gate. And I'm in the South Gate. I thought that was pretty unusual. Uh, pretty amazing, pretty wonderful to hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, the scripture short was in Acts chapter, or no, no, November, uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. And uh, I'm going to read that in just a moment because uh, I want to talk on faithfulness. Uh, we're actually reviewing all of uh, the Acts. Last week we did uh, the first uh, 14 verses, 14 chapters of Acts. And the second week here, was the second 14 chapters of Acts, totally 28 chapters in the book of Acts. We've been going through Acts all year long. We reviewed it in church on Wednesday, but today is different. This is not the normal day for me. This is a very unusual day for me, and to be here on this particular day is very spectacular to me because I thought this day would be on Sunday. Then I thought on Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. He says, Lord, I want you in Colorado Springs on that day. And what this day is, this is day 1,000. 1,000 days. This is what this day is, 1,000. I've been on the street 1,000 days as of today here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, 1,000 days, one of those numbers in the Bible that is... Very symbolic, very symbolic. Being in the South Gate is very symbolic. I was walking down here from the bus and the bus brought me down here from Boulder. Went to Boulder to Denver, from Denver to Colorado Springs. And uh, up there by the freeway, about a mile, mile and a quarter, mile and a half walk. Uh, as I was walking down here, I heard the Lord talk to me about being in the South Gate of the city. And what I heard was the this may not seem 
applicable to you in situations. But what I heard was you want to guard the south gate of the city because that's where the... <laughs> for, I apologize for the next few words, but that's where all these... Uh, I don't want to say words that offend people. I mean, even though the Bible offends everybody, but I don't want to offend them. I let the Bible offend the people. But uh, uh, from the south comes things that uh, people don't realize is coming from the south. Yeah, from the south, and especially in Colorado Springs. Uh, let me just say this, because it's pretty easy to say this. There's a lot of evil coming from the south into Colorado Springs, and I'm in the South Gate. Let me say it that way. Uh, he was more specific about that, but I don't want to share that the way he was telling me. And that's okay. You don't need to know, right? I'm just giving you some highlight of how important it is to be in the South Gate. And for this day to be 1,000, uh, 1,000 days on the street. So uh, in 2019, the Lord asked me, are you willing to commit to 10 years of being on the street, flying your banner, preaching the gospel. And I said, yes, not right away, obviously, because you got to count the cost. If you don't count the cost, uh, you're going to, and you fail, uh, everyone's going to look at you and say, uh, uh, he started and he couldn't finish. What a joke. You know, I don't want my testimony to be tainted, to be darnished, to be looked at like a fool. I'm not a fool. And so I waited upon the Lord. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally, I came to the agreement with the Lord, yes, Lord, I can do 10 years of banner preaching. And when that 10 years is uh, 10,000 hours, not just 10 years, but 10,000 hours. A lot of people say, I go out and preach. I'm also a street preacher. I preach one hour a day. I mean, one hour a year. Uh, let me rephrase that, one hour a year. And so in 10 years, I've been preaching 10 years, they may say, but in reality, they only have 10 hours. But I've been preaching for 10 years. See, I'm, the Lord's being very specific with me. I'm not putting those down. I'm, I'm praise God that he came out here for 10 hours, probably more than millions of other Christians have done. So that person that did the 10 hours and the 10 years, maybe he should rephrase his testimony a little bit to be more faithful to the Lord. And so the Lord's very specific. When Jesus was born, when Jesus, when John the Baptist started preaching, everything is very specific. What king, what country, what area, what's, what county, what administrators, what priest. And we very specific. So the Lord is very specific with me. 10 years, 10,000 hours, and 3,000 days, and 10 million people to go buy my banner. Remember, I'm in very busy locations. I just don't stand in areas that are not, now not all my corners are busy because he gives me a very busy location, very tough, but hard, very busy. And then a, kind of an easier, more relaxing location, then a busy one, then a soft one, and a hard one, kind of like that. So I can wear, weather the storm of 10 years of oppression, 10 years of battle, 10 years of war. That's what it is, 10 years of war, 10 years of things that, most Christians will never experience. So this is day 1,000 of 3,000. That's a third of the way. I, 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 and I'm here in this part of, the, of Colorado. I've called to the state of Colorado to build Gospel Evangelist Church. It's a full gospel, independent type church, missionary style. We're an evangelistic type church soul-winning church. We're a King James Bible-preaching church. And the Lord, when He called me to build Gospel Evangelist Church, He called me to the state of Colorado, to the city of Boulder. And the Boulder's where our main hub is, main church is. But we branched out throughout the st state over these four years. May 26, Sunday at 3 p.m., from three to six was my first day that I lifted the banner in the ministry. I lifted it a couple months earlier, or a month and a half or six weeks earlier, and I told God, after I lifted that banner in the dark on a Saturday night at nine o'clock at night, 
I was so scared, I lifted for an hour in the dark over on Pearl and 20th and uh, by a building, behind the building, not even in front of everybody. And I was shaking like a leaf. I mean, I was so nervous and scared that I said, I, after an hour of doing that, I rolled that up, I went back home and I put it in the box, I threw it in the closet, I said, God, I can't do that. You'll have to find somebody else to lift a banner. That is too scary. There's no way that I can lift a banner out on the public. No way, I can do it. God didn't say a word. <laughs> he didn't say a word. I told God I'm not going to do it. I can't. I can't do it. I thought I could do it, but I never lifted a banner in my entire life. And before I got a banner, I never knew banners were out on the street. I never, never ever in my life saw a banner on the street out of the church building. I've seen banners hanging on the walls inside of church buildings for decades. I'm not in a building, I'm outside in a very busy highway, very busy location. You gotta be where busy a lot of people are if you're gonna reach 10 million people. Anyways, I threw it in the closet and said, I can't do that. I've never seen a banner in my life. That was the very first banner. When I took it out of the box and unrolled it, that was the first time these eyes ever laid hands, eyes on a physical banner in front of me. Now the last several months I've been doing my research once I found out what God wanted me to do. And uh, I saw banners in, on YouTube. That blew me away. I know about street preachers, but I didn't know what was going on. Actually, in reality, I didn't know there were street preachers either anymore. I know of old times, back in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, early 1900s, I've heard and seen and read about street preachers. They would preach a sermon out on the street. But I've never seen one, except for one time down in Denver, probably 30 years ago, saw an old man dressed in a suit, big black Bible, during the lunch hour, right downtown Denver, Colorado. I was in Denver, can you believe that? And he was standing on a street corner downtown on a curve and he was facing the street tons and tons of people i mean it was packed lunch hour downtown where all the people are eating lunch and he was preaching a sermon and i stood off about 20 or 30 feet from him listening because he was bellowing it out he had to have been 60 years old very finely dressed i was like shocked i'd never seen that before i was just in amazement looking at him this is probably I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna guess it was uh, early 80s. I'm gonna guess, I think it was before. I don't know really when it was, actually. I can't, it was a long time ago, way back when. I don't have any, I don't even know anything other than this. So uh, I locked, and he looked like he was preaching a sermon in a church building. I mean, it looked, sounded, he preached, he taught, the way he was doing everything was just like he was in a church building and he was at a, he didn't have a podium, but he could have had a podium. And I, I, and he had his Bible open and he was preaching the word of God. And it was really spectacular to me, spectacular. And uh, so I walked up to him, because I didn't know he was out here in the public. And I walked up and said, excuse me, can I ask you a question? He says, son, excuse me. I think he said son, because <laughs> I was pretty young. He said, son, excuse me, I'm preaching right now. I'll answer your question once I'm done preaching. Oh boy, that startled me. <laughs> I, oh, I mean, I jumped back. I jumped back. <laughs> I jumped back, you know? And, uh, and so I watched him for that. But he kept going on. He never did finish as far as I know. I said, well, I gave up and went on my way. I didn't wait around. Because I thought he was, he was one of those long-winded southern preachers back down in Alabama or Louisiana or Mississippi. And he was preaching up a storm because I've been down in those churches in my truck. On Sundays, I'd pull my rig in someplace, didn't matter where I was in the country, as long as I can get the rig off the highway and down off in a side street and I can find a place to park. The first church I saw, that's where I went to church. I didn't care what it was, as long as it wasn't Satan, Satan church, but I'd never seen a Satanist church. 
And uh, so I've been to a lot of southern South States, southern United States uh, preacher, I mean uh, churches. And uh, you know, they're filled with uh, people. When I walk in, I'm like a snowflake. <laughs> I'm a cracker, you know, I'm sitting there. And uh, I tell you, it doesn't matter what's on the church name, everywhere down south, they're excited for Jesus. That was back in the 70s. You know, I started trucking in 1977, so that was during the late 70s. And because uh, that's what I, I trucked in the southern United States. And that's what this reminded me of. It reminded me of being in Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, I don't know, North Florida, preaching in a big old Baptist church is what it sounded like to me. I got excited. That was the one and only time I've ever seen a street preacher or any kind of a preacher preaching out in the public. The only place I've ever seen a preacher is in church buildings all my life, all my life. I've never seen a preacher in a stadium. I've never seen a preacher in a theater. I've never seen a preacher anywhere but in a church building. You see, I'm trying to make a point here. What I'm doing here is so utterly foreign to me and to, for me to reach out of my decades and decades and decades of comfort and structure and box-itis, <laughs> I had box-itis, to launch out was, it took a miracle of God. A miracle, a miracle. God had to do a miracle in Preacher John. Yeah, he had to do a miracle. And obviously, he did. So all you who preach there's no such thing as a miracle, take a flying leap. As far as I'm concerned, there's, the, there's this bridge right there. I hate it when Christians say there's no such thing as miracles anymore, or no such thing as signs and wonders anymore. I'm so tired of that because it tears the body of Christ down. And I'm looking forward to God cutting those people out if they don't repent. Sick of it. Sick of it judgmental Christians, God hates judgment. God hates, I'm talking about the, a certain type of judgment, because God is a judge, but he's a just judge, you know. It fires me up, because most of those preachers are all bad-mouthed, they spend their whole career bad-mouthing Christians who are Holy Ghost-filled, tongue-talking, devil-casting out, laying hands on the sick with miracles, signs, and wonders following the ministry, those type of career preachers who do that are destroying and hurting such a vast number of people who are faithful to God. Faithful to God. And I'm one of them. I'm faithful to God. I'm yelling because I'm out on the street. I can't even hear myself think. I can't even hear, I hardly hear my, my words. I can't hear them. It's just my ears are just so, it's just filled with noise. And I apologize, you know. Turn it down. <laughs> faithful. That's the title of the sermon. Faithful. Are you faithful? Are you? Take a look at your life. Take a look at how you talk. Take a look at how you look. Take a look at where you live and your lifestyle. Where you participate in your television and your internet and your all your stuff that you do. Look around your life. And ask yourself, am I faithful to God, to my Savior, to my bridegroom? Am I faithful or am I unfaithful? Am I faithful sometimes and unfaithful other times? <clears throat> We've all struggled. I've struggled tons and tons of times. I've been through the valley of the shadow of death so many times, I know the way through it. I can lead people through the valley of the shadow of death. I know all the potholes. I know all the mines. I know where the fallen trees are. I know, the, I know how to get through the valley of the shadow of death. I've been through it so many times. I could probably walk it blindfolded. I've been through the valley of the shadow of death. But I've also been on Psalm 24. I've been on the mountaintop. Been on the mountaintop. I've seen the vistas and panoramas of God's kingdom been up high and I've been down low. I've been rich and I've been poor. I've been on the street and I've been in a beautiful home. I've been nicely dressed and I've been poorly dressed. I've had bad teeth and 
cavities all over the place and years and years and years of not having enough money to go to the dentist and then having enough money to go to the dentist and have everything fixed. Thousands of dollars of teeth work. So I still have my teeth, 70 years old. I know it's like to be poor and I know it's like to be rich. Not very rich, but rich enough. I know it's like to be hanging around multi-multi-millionaires and be friends with multi-millionaires. Wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people. A lot of my friends were wealthy. But I also know what it's like to have friends that live on the street, live under the bridge, live in camps, live in the woods, live on the street, live in a backpack. I know it's, I have friends that way now. I have all kinds of friends. I've had friends that died, and I have friends that have just been born. I can talk this way because I have been faithful to God since day one. Day one was when I was born again. I've never turned my back on Christ. I've never denounced Christ. <clears throat> I've never said anything derogatory about Jesus Christ. I've never put him down in any way, shape, or form. And I've loved on my Savior, Jesus Christ, from the very millisecond, the twinkle of an eye, that I was born again. Have I struggled? I just told you, I have struggled. Have I had sin? No doubt about it. I'm not, I, I've done all kinds of bad, bad things as a Christian. But as a Christian, I've done a lot of good, good, good things. And guess what? I'm still being used by God. Just like David. My, my heart is after Almighty God. Where's your heart after? Is it pointed towards the world? Is it pointed towards lust? Is it pointed towards pride? Is it pointed towards being a multi-millionaire? Where, where is it pointed to? Your heart. Where is the compass of your heart? Where is it pointing? Mine's pointing to the north, to Almighty God. God said He sits on the sides of the north. The earth is His footstool. I'm at the feet of Jesus. I'm washing the feet of Jesus. This is His footstool. Because Jesus has washed my feet. He says, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part of the kingdom. Peter said, then don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands, wash my face, wash my body, wash me clean from the top to the bottom, soul from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Immerse me, cover me, baptize me. I'm yours, Jesus. That's what Peter said in a roundabout way. That's what I say, that's what John says. Faithful, are you faithful? This is day 1,000, 1,000 days. That blows me away considering the, that Saturday night at 9 o'clock when I was shaking and I threw that banner in the closet and I said, no way, God, no way. I can't do that. I, it's too scary, too scary, too scary for me. Six weeks later, the Lord said, that's it. It's time to go now. I was, and God, the fear of God surrounded me. And the fear of God overcame my fear. My fear of man. The fear of God overcame the fear of man to lift my banner. God said, that's it. Now is the time to go. Go now. And he was very stern. He wasn't some loving, kind, gentle old daddy. He was a tough God to me at that time. Back in 2019, that was on a uh, that was on a uh, Saturday during my Sabbath. That was must have been uh, May 25th. It was a Memorial Day weekend, or yeah, 25th, because the, the next day was Sunday. And he was stern, and he was hard, and he was one of those gods that people say, when I see God, I quiver, I shake. The fear of God came around me. And the very next day, I took that banner out of the closet. <laughs> Didn't have to dust it off because it was in the box. <laughs> I was gonna mail it back. <laughs> and uh, I got all my gear ready to go. 
and I got all my stuff that I was going to go out like everybody else and I was going to copy the other street preachers that I've been watching on YouTube. I had my big microphone. I had all everything down. I had what I was going to say to do this and do that. The guy said, don't bring any of that. I'm going to show you what to do when you get out there. Just bring your Bible and your banner. Wow. I was shocked. I was going to do it like everybody else was doing it. I was going to yell at the people and tell them they're sinners and they're going to hell if they don't repent. And I'm going to, going to talk about hell and fire and brimstone. I wasn't going to talk about the love of God that I've talked on all my life. I was taking notes from all the preachers I've been watching for the last many months. Because I was, but I was hot after that. I was going to copy them. But I didn't know. I'd never been a street preacher. And the Lord said, don't take any of that. Leave it all home. I'm going to show you what to do when you get out there. I said, all right. So I got out there, and I lifted the banner at 3 p.m. Because he asked me, would I, would I go from 3 to 6, 3 hours, that 3 o'clock watch? I said, yes, sir. Can you commit to one day a week, 3 to 6, on Sundays, every Sunday? Yes, sir. And I committed, because the fear of God was around me. It wasn't the fear of man. It was the fear of God. That's the second time in my life that I experienced the real fear of God. And when Tim, Tim, some preacher tells me, oh, that's, that's awe and that's respect. No, it's scared. You're scared of God. What God can do to you. If, you don't, if you're not afraid of God, what God can do to you, then you don't understand who God is. I mean, I'm talking about the wrath of God. You don't get it. You don't get it. If all you preach is, oh, God is loving, and he's kind, and he's never... Forget that. There is a side of God that is wrathful, that is going to destroy everything you see. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next, next year, or 2024, here next week. The fire of God is going to come. Are you faithful? It's a good question. This is day 1,000. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that I can have a prelude. I can have a talk before the prayer. I wanted to pray when I first got started, but it didn't look like that's how we were going to do it. So now we're praying, and I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here in Colorado Springs. I praise God for 1,000 days, Lord. It's not me. No way, shape, or form have I got to day 1,000. In fact, I couldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. No way, shape, or form. There are not a million, not a million things could have got me here. No amount of money, no amount of people, no amount of anything in the world could have got me here, but Almighty God, you, Lord. And I, no way could I have got to day 1,000. Not in a zillion years could I have done this without you. No way on my own ability could I have done this. So I just thank you, Lord, for helping me to be faithful, to show myself faithful to you, to be a faithful servant of God. Lord, let my life be an example for all those who are watching and who are around our ministry and our church. In your name, Jesus, I humbly pray. Just a moment. <clears throat> kind of a weird day out here. I've had a lot of mucus in my throat. Get all the snot out of my mustache, this beard. Is all about breakthrough. Breakthrough. Are you going to break through your limitations? Jesus says, I've come to set the captives free. Are you going to receive it? Are you going to say, oh yeah, he's come to set the captives free. I am free indeed. La-di-da-di-da. -da. I guess I'm kind of tired of mamby-pamby, little two-faced, little tip, you know, little cotton candy Christians. So I'm tired of that. I want hardened warriors for Christ around me. That's who I want. Just like Rebecca up there in Middletown. She's a hardened, powerful woman of God. Out in the, preaching the streets, preaching in the bars, preaching all the places that God sends her. Doesn't matter where it is. She's preaching the Word of God. Ministering Almighty God to those. Because so many men won't stand up. But God has to use a woman. Woman says, I'll do it. When, oh, I'm too scared. I'm too busy drinking my beer, smoking my joint. 
God said, fine, I'm gonna use her. God uses her. So many people have quit Jesus. They hang around me for a year, six months, three months, two years, five years, they all quit. Where do they quit? Where do they go? They go back into the world. They go back into their laziness of Christ. Are they showing themselves faithful? I don't know. I don't know their life. When they disappear, I don't know what they're doing. Why did they disappear? When people tell me, oh, I'm really enjoying being around you. I really enjoy this and that. I'm on fire when I'm around you. Six months later, a year later, two years later, they're all gone. You gotta wait for the police. Colorado Springs is one of those cities in Colorado that to, to lift a banner, you need a license, a, a temporary license, a permit of some sort. I don't know what it's called, but you can't do it. It's against the law without a license, a permit. And you only get six of them a year. The Lord said, where I'm sending you, you don't need one. So all the police waved to me the whole time I'm here. That's the police officer right there. <clears throat> anyway, another story. Faithful, our title, we have two verses, two scriptures for this talk. We're supposed to review Acts, but the Lord says, no, I want you to go to the first mention. First mention of faithful, I want you to talk on faithfulness. I said, yes, sir. I didn't say, oh, but we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that. God, you don't know what you're doing. I must not be hearing from God. I don't do that. I say, yes, sir. I know the voice of the word of God. Do you? So many Christians think they're hearing God and they're listening to a devil. They're listening to their own brain. They're listening to their own, their own flesh or their own spirit. They don't hear. They don't know what the sound of God. They don't know the sound of God. They don't know what he sounds like. No clue. How sad. I don't know why. Not everybody will hear the voice of God, but I don't see why not. But God speaks to us in all kinds of ways, okay? Just because you can't hear does not mean he's not speaking to you. I used to get mad at a lot of Christians who would refuse to hear. I thought they were refusing it. Until I heard when Oral Roberts, I was listening to Oral Roberts preach. I was in the second, third row, right in front of Oral Roberts. I was zeroed in during Bible ministry, ministry training there in Tulsa. We were on the Oral Roberts campus. And uh, Evelyn was sitting in the front row. Evelyn's his wife. Of all, I don't know, he must have been married 70 years or some uh, amazing number. Maybe 80 years. I don't know, I can't. Let's see, he was 90 some odd years old when he died. Got married to him. So probably 70 years of marriage, thereabouts. And so Evelyn got up and said, uh, he said, excuse me, honey, I want to say something to you. Because Oral was talking about hearing the voice of the Word of God. Hearing the voice of God because that's what he does. He hears the voice of God. I hear the voice of God. I work in the office of a prophet just like Oral Roberts does. And Evelyn got up and he said, excuse me, there's a, I need to say something. I want to add something to you, honey. And Oral says, here, honey, let it go. I think he sat down. I think he sat down. If I remember right, I think he sat down to listen to his wife. And she talked for about, I don't know, two, three, four, five minutes, real short time. Very, Evelyn Roberts is a sweet, sweet, kind, peaceful, loving woman. I just, every time I saw her, just, she just took my breath away. She was so kind and so patient with everybody. What a great testimony her life is to the women of God. Anyway, as Oral was talking about hearing the voice of God, she had to say, I've lived with Oral all my life, it seems like, something like that. All my, you know, they were in their late, 80, mid 80s, I guess, maybe 70s. I don't know how old, I can't remember. Back in the mid 80s. And uh, she said, I've never heard God speak to me. I've never heard the voice of God. And I live with Oral. I've never heard his voice. And I want to let everybody know, not everybody hears the voice of God. And Oral, Oral knows that, but it, I just felt quickened in my heart to tell you. Now that's not exactly what she said because I can't remember her exact words, but the gist of her talk, those five minutes, was that she's never heard the voice of God in her life. And she's lived with Oral Roberts all those years. But she said, 
God speaks to me differently, but I know it's God, but he speaks to me differently. So that's what I want to say too. Just because you don't hear the voice of the word of God doesn't mean God's not speaking to you, okay? Just be alert to that. Don't let the devil come in trying to force God to speak to you. Because if God doesn't want to speak to you, and that's not how he's going to talk to you, he's not going to do it. Because if you force God and God's not going to do it, then guess what's going to happen? Yeah, the angel of light, Satan, who masquerades like an angel of light, is going to come in and mimic God's voice. And he'll prove it with signs following, just like the wizards of the Pharaoh. So be alert to that. Be alert. All this comes in prayer. I'm always talking about prayer in our class. There was no class this morning because I was on the bus. Left the house at 6 o'clock this morning. Took me four and a half hours. Left the house at 6, got here at 10.30. I couldn't believe how long it took me. <clears throat> long time on the bus. Last two times, Brent brought me down. It was like I was here at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> it was great. And to get here two hours later, it was kind of amazing. I didn't realize it was going to take me so long. <clears throat> All right? So the title of our sermon is Faithful. Are you faithful? The scripture is, there's two verses. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. My servant, this is God speaking. My servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in all mine house? Moses, who is faithful in all my house. I'm going to keep going here, verse 8. With him, with Moses, will I speak mouth to mouth even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall behold. Wherefore then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. God got mad, because all the people, who I talked about earlier, all these Christians who make a career of tearing down God's people, tearing down God's ministers, such as myself. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, probably in the hundreds, I don't know how many. Lost count years ago. But putting me down, tearing me about, how, telling me how, all kinds of nasty stuff. Christians, believers, tearing me down. Here, they're doing the same thing to Moses. And God's anger was kindled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Do you really want the anger of God against you when you tear other ministers down, other preachers down? I tell you, be alert. You better know that God is telling you to go to some place to preach the way you're preaching. You better know that that's God. Otherwise, if you just think this is what I want to do, and, you haven't told, and God hasn't told you to go do that, and you're going to go do it anyways, you might have the anger of God come against you. Don't know that. Gotta be alert. Gotta be alert. Gotta be alert. Yeah, that was nice of him. Guy lives on the street. Normally they walk across my banner. But he walked around it. God bless him. A lot of homeless, a lot of poverty in Colorado Springs. Tons and tons of churches, probably, a, I don't know how many, hundreds of thousands of Christians, and the city of Colorado Springs, a dirt bag, trash everywhere. I had to spend the first 15 minutes just cleaning up all the trash in my corner here. Put it all behind that light pole. Across the street, over there, and over here, trash everywhere. Walking down the street, trash everywhere. Just everywhere, all in the river, trash, trash everywhere. Because people don't love their city anymore. Satan is moving into cities all across America and probably all over the world. And where Satan is, where the devil is, a lot of times he brings trash. Junk, trash, physical trash is what I'm talking about. He's also in areas that there is no trash. Faithful, are you faithful? My servant Moses, who is faithful in all mine house, in all my house. That's the first mention in the King James Bible, the word faithful. 
That's Numbers 12, verse 7. Now we're going to go back into Acts 12. <clears throat> Acts 12. This is what I did the scripture short on. Acts 12 also. <clears throat> Let me do that. Talking on the word faithful. This is my 1,000th day. Have I demonstrated to God that I'm faithful? Absolutely. Why did God put me here in the south gate? This day, this city on the thousandth day. I don't know. There must be something going on that I'm unaware of. But I'm faithful. Sorry for the wind. It's kind of windy. Sorry for the wind. Like, I can't control it. kind of wait for the wind to quiet down. It kind of comes in gusts. Right. Let me do this. Let me turn this because it doesn't look like the wind's going to calm down. Let me kind of do this here. Is that any different? Probably not. The wind's in my face now. But the sun's in the camera lens. Alright, well, whatever. <coughs> Acts chapter 12. So we're going to go to a corresponding. I didn't know to do this. I didn't plan this. The Lord said to go to the first mention. I don't like this setup here. I got to turn back here. I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable. And I want to be comfortable. And I'm more comfortable this way. A lot of people say, oh, you got to put the. I don't. I, I have to enjoy doing this. Otherwise, I'd quit. Now I'm doing this because the Holy Ghost told me to do these videos, these sermons out here. <clears throat> but he also let me know that I, he wants me comfortable. Because he knows if I become uncomfortable, that I'll quit. And he doesn't want me to quit. So he's helping me. That's how he helps me. Maybe to somebody else, it's different. But with me, it's not that way. There's some things in my life that the Spirit of God knows that I need in my life to maintain my life maintain my life to stay faithful serving him so he brings those things around me to help me I mean it's just you know God cares God cares especially cares for his servants his ministers amen all right so the then after I read, uh, now the Lord said to go to the first time faithful was mentioned in the Word. So I looked it up. I had to look it up. <laughs> I didn't know where it was. Had to look it up in my concordance. And it was Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. And then I read that. Oh, that was a good one, Lord. I, I, that's a good one. Because I relate to Moses. I, I relate to him. That's kind of the ministry I do. Not totally, obviously, but there's a real similarity there. A lot of what he does is what I do. I'm not Moses, believe me. Not in a million years, but there's some similitudes there that I pick out of the Word of God that really just makes sense to me. So I'm happy that when he told me to go to the first mention, it was about Moses. I didn't know it was about Moses. It could have been about anybody. So one more idea, one more thing, one more confirmation, one more sign following the Word of God because he knows that I like Moses. I enjoy studying the life of Moses. So God let me know that he knows that I enjoy Moses. <laughs> and then he told me, go over to the corresponding scripture in Acts. Oh, corresponding scripture in Acts. Acts 12, 7. Go to Acts 12, 7. Oh, okay. So I went over to Acts 12, 7. Acts chapter 12, verse 7, which I thought was interesting because we are in we're finishing up. This will be the last sermon I do in Acts, other than when I go into the next year's ministry, our season title is going to change. We've been in this season called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship all year long, except for the first week or two of 2023. And we're, we're talking on, we've been talking on the book of Acts, and we've been talking about the teaching and under, the understanding of the Holy Ghost very briefly in a kind of a broad sense of the Holy Ghost. The reason why we've been doing that, one of the reasons, one of several, 
is because the Holy Spirit told me back in 2022 when I was praying for 23, he said 2023 and 2024 are going to be like one year. Not going to be two separate years. It's going to be one year, but it's going to be two seasons. And it's going to be, I'll baptize people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The first season of 2023 will be on the Holy Ghost and the second part, 2024, will be on the fire. What? So, this is the banner the Lord gave me, preparing people. Next year, I've already got, it's been hanging in my house, and that is fire. That's the name of next year's season, next year's banner, and all the sermons are going to be relating to fire. Old Testament, New Testament, and every verse pertaining to the word fire. There's over 500 verses with the word fire in them. So we're going to go through all of them throughout the year, all 52 weeks. I also want to mention one more thing. I've mentioned it several times, and that is our season, Sign, Miracles, and Wonders, Praise, Worship. So we've had worship in our church one time during this year by a musician and one of his singers, or two of his singers, he was also a singer, and we had a great time. But I knew that he was only going to be there one time. That's how most people are, one-time wonders, one-time hits, one-hit wonders. They come one time, that's all. I wish they'd never come the first time. I like faithfulness. I don't like one-time people. It just bugs me, because I know that they're doing wrong. God never came one time. He comes and comes and comes and comes. If he's come once, he'll come a million times. It's just, that's how God is. I don't know of any place that God does, does things one time. I know there are, so don't write me and tell me, oh, there's, how about this one, how about this? Uh, you know, things change, you know. Anyways, <clears throat> one Bible, you know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but in the last two weeks in our church, uh, the Lord provided to us uh, two CDs from Paul Wilbur Back at, one is 1995 in Israel, and another one is 1999 in Israel, and provided us a player and a speaker. And we've played those the last two weeks in our church, and that has been fantastic. <clears throat> it's all we've had right now, but it's a seed. God gives seed to the sower. <clears throat> we've had people bring musical things in our church to help play one time, one time. <clears throat> but this here is permanent. It'll stay there till God brings in people who can take over the music ministry. But letting you know that we received a seat. Did we get mad at God? Oh, this is all you're gonna give us, God? No, I said, welcome. Oh, Lord, I thank you so much. I got excited. I got, I got excited. I got excited. Because I understand seed time and harvest. I understand fruit. I understand Genesis. People just don't get seed time. They want something big. They don't want something tiny. I started with the banner. On day one, as a seed, and now I've reaped a thousand seeds, a thousand days I've reaped. How many people started sowing and now don't have anything for to show for. All their seed is blown away in the wind. Am I quitting here? No, I gotta go to 3,000. <laughs> 1,000, thinking about it, it's no big deal. I still got two more to go, two more thousands to go. Can I do it? I don't know. Do I know I can do it? I don't know that either. But I do know that the Lord is with me. In fact, it, I think it was here when I got off the bus, because of all the street guys and women and all the trash, the filthy trash everywhere. And I walked out of there and I think I heard the Lord say to me, I'm with you, John, I'm with you. I wanna let you know I'm with you. I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's all I said, thank you, Lord. I'm glad you're with me. 
I thought that's cool. He's with me. And then he went and bought me breakfast. You know, I stopped for 20, 30 minutes to have breakfast on the way down here. He bought me breakfast. It didn't cost me a penny. Oh, wow, look at that. Then he, then, <laughs> and then he bought me a bus ticket. I didn't pay a nickel for the bus ticket. For the bus to Denver and the Denver bus back to Boulder. That bus right there, that bus, didn't pay a nickel. Amazing. The Lord said, I want you on the 615. Oh, I was going to be on the 6 o'clock bus leaving Boulder. He said, no, I want you on the 615. Yes, sir. That bus driver on the 615 paid for my fare. Yeah, there and back, paid for my fare. You, you get what I'm saying? I give all these testimonies to you, hoping that you understand that God confirms His Word with signs following. If you don't see a sign following your ministry, then you're probably doing something wrong. And that means if you are, then don't beat yourself up. Don't give place to Satan. Just say, just go to God. Say, Lord, I repent. It looks to me that I'm doing something wrong. And if you're not, God says, you're not doing anything wrong. Get back out there. <laughs> you know? Okay, get back out there. And he's, then he's, or, or you say, Lord, I think I'm doing something wrong and I want to repent. And he says, thank you. Now I want you to do this instead of what you're doing. See? It all comes from prayer. Prayer. Don't try to get a piece of paper and talk to somebody. Talk to God for your whole ministry. I'm so tired of people coming to me. Oh, what does God want me to do? Well, I don't know. I'm not God. Well, you're the preacher. I'm not God. <clears throat> Jesus made a way. He tore the temple, the uh, curtain, the, you know, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the place where we can go in, whatever that's called. Top to bottom, rip. Now we can come into the throne of God because that was the flesh of Jesus being ripped in two, sacrificing himself, himself being God. Yeah, laid his life down. God laid his life down for his, for his bride. Are husbands doing that? Are they laying their life down for their bride? Or are they trying to boss their bride around and not laying their life down, making them lay their life down for you? I don't know. Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Kind of a corresponding verse to Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. Both chapters are 12, both verses are 7. One's in Numbers, one's in Acts. Okay, and there's a lot of other similar similarities there, but I'm not gonna go into that. Reason I shut up for a second because I heard the Holy Spirit say, started listing some of the other similarities. <laughs> I got excited. Anyways, the reason I said that like that is I'm just demonstrating and teaching uh, some of the things that happened while the camera's rolling, real time. That, that's because I want to be an example. I'm opening my heart to you so you can look in my heart. You know, if you were here, you could be standing here with me. You could probably be holding the banner while I'm doing this. But people are too busy. They got to earn a dollar. They haven't got time to take a day off from job or their work or their business or their schooling to come preach with me. They're too busy. That's all right. It's not between me and them. It's between them and God. It's always between them and God. I've learned that. God bless Frank. Frank has come to me so many times and has helped me. God bless that brother Frank. He has helped me because he has seen in my life too much expectation on people rather than putting the expectation on God. Because I was trained back in the, when is that, 1978 to about 1985, trained in an area to expect people to do things to have expectations on people. I didn't know that was a wrong teaching. I didn't know that. But as I've been studying the King James and by other brothers and sisters around my life, that's helped me. I have even taken the expectation off me and put it on God. All my expectations on God, not on me anymore. I don't expect to do anything. I expect God to help me do what it is that He wants me to do. 
my expectations on God. I lean on God. I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't trust in my own ability to do anything. People can't hear that. They don't get it. That doesn't make sense to so many Christians. You'll get it. Just keep staying after it. Just keep praying. Keep asking God to help you. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me to figure this out. Help me to see the scripture. Hear. To understand. Right? Acts chapter 12, verse 7. And behold, behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, this is Peter, and a light shined in the prison. Angel of the Lord and the light shined in the prison. How about that? Did the angel need the light around him? No. Why would an angel need the light? Why was the light shining? Because it was dark. <laughs> That's really simple. Just because an angel shows up doesn't mean there's light. There's a lot of angels in the Bible, and it doesn't say, oh, there was and a bright light shone. How about the two angels that were sitting on either side of where Jesus was laid? Either end. One was at the head, one was at the foot, sitting there. I don't they were in bright, they were in, you know. Sometimes they're they're known as having bright clothes, bright clothing. Or what or whatever they're called in the King James. But here, a bright light. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. A light. Because it was dark. <laughs> Duh. It was dark. God provides. God even provides the flashlight. Here's an angel. That's a big flashlight. <laughs> Here's a big lantern. I'm going to send you down there, Gabriel, or whoever the angel of the Lord was. I'm going to go down, go down to where Peter is and uh, bring some light with you because it's dark down there. It's not light like it is up here. <laughs> There's no darkness in heaven, no shadows, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. Hey, wake up, dude. That's a rough angel. Why couldn't you just say, hey, Peter? He didn't do that. He smote him, hit him, boom. <laughs> kind of like Jacob, right? Peter must have been sound asleep. I mean, so tired and so wore out that the angel knew that, and I could have called him for 10, 10, 10 minutes and he wouldn't have heard me. So I came down, the light shone in the prison, hit him upside his head. It's like, get up. The angel of the Lord came, down upon, came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side. He said, raise up, raise him up. <laughs> and raised him up. Oh, I see, and raised him up. So he smote Peter on the side and he raised him up. Saying, get up, dude. <laughs> Raise him up. He must have been wore out, beat up, and he must have been really sunk. Arise up quickly. Arise up quickly. Quickly. Arise up quickly. This light is going to wake everybody up. This light's going to wake everybody up. Get up quickly. Get up now. Hurry. And his chains fell off his hands. They fell off. Did the angel have the key? No. Who is the key? God. The Word of God. The Word of God is a key. The Word of God is a seed. You can use the Word of God as a key to unlock or lock. Hang on, siren. Hang on. Let's go back to uh, 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, raise up, and raised up, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. So for that to happen to Peter, he had to have been faithful like Moses was faithful. Right? Peter was faithful. You could say that because, well, didn't Peter deny Christ Jesus three times 
How can that be faithful? Because Peter repented. We all make mistakes. We all tell God no. We all tell Jesus no. We all sin. If you think you've never sinned, you're probably lying. And so right there, you ought to repent because you just sin. All these preachers say, oh, I've never sinned. I'm, I'm perfect, I don't sin. Really? Okay, have fun. I'm not talking about people who sin every second of their day. A lot of us, I, I, I go weeks and weeks and weeks without sinning. Yeah, how's that work? I don't know. Because I've been praying for years and years and years to be holy, to be righteous. God's faithful. Because I'm trying to show myself faithful to Him. So if you sin, you repent. Lord, I'm sorry, I repent in the name of Jesus. I confess that as sin. Lord, forgive me. You want to do that. You don't want to sweep your sin under the carpet, throw in the back seat, throw in the closet, put out in the garage. You don't want to hide your sin. You don't want to pretend like you have no sin when you have sin. Because you're going to be found out. I guarantee it, you will be found out. No question about that. You'll be found out. So the reason the Lord brought up Acts 12, 7, is because it's a demonstration of signs following a faithful man of God, man, male or female. Moses was faithful. God used him. Moses heard the voice of God. Peter was faithful. God used Peter in his ministry. Peter heard the voice of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can hear those who are called, I guess. I don't know how that works. But Lord, many of us hear the voice of the Word of God. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking in the garden. Lord, we hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God in my spirit. And you confirmly, confirm it constantly every day, every week, every month, every year. Let me know that you are who you are in my life that I truly am serving you, and I'm not serving myself or some man or some devil. I'm actually serving Almighty God. I am a servant of God, like Moses was a servant of God, like Peter was a servant of God. Two, being a witness, and me being a third, I too am a servant of God, testifying that Jesus is real. Letting, letting people know that the Word of God is real, and that there's one more person out here in the world who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and testifies that Jesus Christ is real. Thank you, Lord. In your heavenly name, Jesus. Amen and amen. This is day 1000. Can't believe it, but I can. I've received, so I've received 1000 days. I've given God 1000 days of service out on the street. <clears throat> Next May, May of 2024 will be my 50th year anniversary of serving the Lord as a preacher, as a minister. I'm in that season now. I could have been a few months earlier. I'm not certain exactly, but I just kind of bit, made more of a conservative date of May of 74, because May is when a lot of things happened in my life. Because so I guess it must have been May when I prayed in my bunk on board uh, our Navy ship to receive Christ. And two weeks later, God called me in the ministry to preach and to minister, and now to build a church in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I'm praying for strength. And I'm 70 now, I'm three score and 10. God has given us 70 years, but by the reason of strength, He'll give us four score or 80 years, 20 years is one score. And so I'm praying for strength. Maybe a few years longer, I don't know. But by the reason of strength, so I pray for strength daily now. That's kind of, it's raised up to the top area of my life, praying for strength constantly. So if you, if I come to your mind, I pop in your head something, please toss up a prayer to God saying, Lord, give him strength. Lord, give him strength. Lord, give him strength. Something simple. But uh, I appreciate that. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. Don't, don't need, don't care. Don't, you know, I'm just offering that as an opportunity to you. If you want to do it, fine. If you don't, fine. Don't care. I won't even know if you did it or not. 
but God does. So it's between you and God, not between you and me. I don't need to know that you said that. All right, so uh, let me put all this away. Let me grab my banner and go over here and do the rest of my service out here on the street in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is Preacher John in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I love you. Bye.